Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on this show is Amanda from Rebellion Fitness out of Newport Pagnol, Milton Keynes area in the UK. Welcome. Thanks for being here today. I'm so excited to dive in and learn more about what you have going on, Amanda. But before we do that, you know, give us a little bit of background. What was it that really made you decide to open up Rebellion Fitness? Hi. Um, so I, I guess I was just really frustrated with all the noise in the fitness industry of things that you can't do. You can't do this. You can't do that. You know, and and I, I got sick of the way that PT was being done. So and, and they um, when you go into the gym, how intimidating it is. So I decided I wanted to open something completely the opposite of that. And I wanted to have a non-intimidating gym for people who weren't gym bunnies. And it kind of grew from there. Okay. Okay. So I love that reasoning as to like why you wanted to open up a gym. Because I think that I agree with you in this industry, it's super hard for many of us to find our space, um, to find a place where we feel comfortable in the, in, in the industry, a place where we look forward to showing up every single day. Um, I know for me, it took me a really long time to find a um, gym where I felt comfortable and happy. Um, and I know that's the same for so many people out there. So give us elevator pitch of Rebellion Fitness, who you are, what services you have to provide, really paint that picture for us so we understand your business model. So um, I have a 24 hour gym. Um, it's I, I would guess it's kind of in between. It's a hybrid of like CrossFit and a traditional gym, I guess. So we have lots of sledgehammers, tires, um, you know, squat racks. A lot of people deadlifting. We've got a few power lifters in. But then we've got a few cardio bunnies as well. So it's a kind of a mixture of all sorts. We've got strong men. We've got power lifters. We've got bodybuilders. We've got we haven't got CrossFitters because there's a CrossFit studio right next door. They're my next door neighbor um so the crossfitters go there um but it, it's a real mix of different people and we have one-to-one -one pt we've got group training in groups of up to eight people and then we've got our, our gym members that come in and do their own thing okay okay i really really love that um so a little bit of everything and um you know, within this business model, we always like to talk about the idea of personal training because for the business, it's good. It's more revenue coming in um, than a typical membership. We can charge a little bit more, but for our clients, it's even better because we're able with personal training to give them a super direct approach to help them reach their goals. So for you guys, what percentage of your revenue would you say is coming from that personal training side of things? I would say probably about 60% of the revenue is small group PT. Um, I'd say maybe 10% is my own, maybe 5% is my own PT clients. 10% is income from PTs paying to use my gym. Uh, and the rest is gym members. Okay. How many um, trainers do you have that utilize your space? Um, so at the moment, there is four. Um, but as of next week, so the building that I'm in, it's a really strange building, I should explain. So next door, it's, it's a whole load of warehouse units. And next door is a CrossFit and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu studio. 
directly opposite is my friend's PT studio. And then next to them is my other friend's um, body, uh, fitter body ladies boot camp. So there's a lot of competition within about three meters of each other. Uh, and one of the studios is closing down and they're all their trainers are coming over into mine. So we're going to go from having four PTs into about 11 in not a massive space. So it's going to be interesting how that works. But that's temporary until they find a, a smaller unit, which could take a week. It could take a year. Yeah, I mean, that will be good for your business, though. More, yeah. more traffic. Um, and that's always great. So um, how long have you been in business, Amanda? So Rebellion's been going since 2012, but that was more of a, a just one-to-one PT stuff. Okay. Uh, then I got the studio in May 19. Then, of course, lockdown happens and expanded twice. And then last year, that's when I done my final expansion. And that's when I changed it into a 24 hour gym. So it's only really been a 24 hour gym for a year. The rest of the time it's been, uh, it was a group training studio. And then before that it was one-to-one PT in a commercial gym. Okay. And so um, kind of give us an idea of like what the space looks like, how big of a studio or how big of a gym is it? Um, it's not massive. It's probably about 3,000 square foot, or I think, which is what, 280 meters, something like that, square meters. So it's not huge, um, but we've we've got a lot of kit in there. Um, so we've managed to to cram a whole load in. Um, and yeah, it's, say, it's a mixture of different stuff. So we've got boxing bags, we've got spin bikes, we've got tires, we've got all sorts of different stuff. We try and function, uh, sorry, try and um, focus more on functional fitness and full body movements. But then, as I say, we've got strongmen and powerlifters that come in as well. So they do their stuff in, in the weights room. And then we've got the functional fitness bit over the other side. Okay. Okay. Got that. Um, so membership wise, kind of talk to us about what memberships look like at your facility. If I was looking to join, are there a variety of memberships for me to choose from, or is it kind of like one membership and that's what you have available? No, we got, we got a few different memberships. So there's two gym memberships. There's the full 24 hour access that gets them, uh, access to yoga and powerlifting classes as well. And that's 30 pounds a month, including VAT because I had to VAT register. So that's your 30 pounds a month, but because the PT guys are coming over soon, it's going to be a bit squashed. I've actually stopped taking any more gym members on. So or to full-time gym members. So now we've got an off-peak membership, which is between midnight and uh, 4 p.m. during the day, and then from half past eight at night up to midnight. So we're just taking out that evening part, and that's 20 pounds a month, including VAT. So okay. and that's purely just to limit the amount of people that we have coming in in the evenings, because I know with all of the PTs there and the group training sessions going on, because gym members bring in the lowest amount of money, they're only £30 a month as opposed to the group training, which is like hundred nearly £120 a month. Having the gym members around is extra bodies that don't make enough money, if that sounds, if that makes sense, but without being mean to the gym members. So I try and limit as many gym members as we can and have more PT clients in. And okay. for the group training, it's they start off on a, a six-week foundation course, which is £127 a month, uh, sorry, for the six weeks. And then they roll on to a monthly inner circle, and that is £118.80, including VAT, so £99 plus VAT, and that's every month. Okay. So 
kind of to understand here, um, right now you're not in a position to take on any members for the 24-7 side of things, but are you taking on more members for the classes slash personal training? Yes. Yeah. So I'm taking on the only way now to have 24 hour access to the gym is to sign up for the group training because they all get free gym membership. So the small group training get free gym membership and then access to yoga and powerlifting as well. Okay. So, um, so the only way to have that gym membership is to be a group training client or a one-to-one -one PT client uh, for now, just because I don't have enough space to, to have 30 pound a month members sort of taking up equipment that the group training clients need. Yeah. I mean, we ideally would like to have those, um, higher ticket package members, right? Yeah. Um, spending a little bit more money that allows us to put more money into the business um, and increase revenue, all that good stuff. So um, with the group training side of things and the PT, you're looking to grow in that area. And I always like to kind of discuss this here on the podcast. What are you actively doing to find new group training clients, new personal training clients. Um, what does that process of growth look like for, for Rebellion? I have been using a marketing company, um, although I'm stopping using them this month and going to try and do it myself a little bit um, and then probably realize that I've made a massive mistake and beg for them to take me back. Um, but I do use a marketing company called Fitness Marketing Agency over here. Uh, and then there's another guy called Dan Aguilera, who he does more of the back end stuff. Um, he's more of a mentor, whereas the fitness marketing agency, they just take care of the marketing stuff. Uh, but both of them are brilliant and both of them have been a massive help to to I I don't know enough to to be able to put together marketing campaigns it's it's not my area so leaning on them and and paying them to help me do that brought in so many more clients that it just it would have I wouldn't have been able to do it if I hadn't have had access to that so for next month I'm going to try and do a little bit of what I've learned already um, and then carry on with this the Facebook ad seems to be working really well um, we do uh, videos as well so to try and make some campaigns up to set out throughout the year. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the Facebook ads, I think that's actually proven to be like the number one way right now for fitness businesses to out and find new clients. Post-2020, we're living in such a digital world. If you're not utilizing it, you're missing out because it's awesome. Um, for you guys, how beneficial has that been? Talk to that a little bit about, you know, how much that has aided your growth rebellion. Um, it is, it's the only thing I think that's, that's grown, grown rebellion because before then I didn't, I was, didn't really know. I didn't have a direction to go in of how to get new clients. So they just kind of steered me into one direction and kept me focused and going, right stay consistent you need to put these campaigns out this is how we're going to work it and then of course by putting out the campaigns getting great people in then word of mouth is always for me word of mouth is always the best best way of getting new clients so the word of mouth started um we were doing referral campaigns to to get the members to bring in new members we also have um for the gym memberships and for the 
the PT clients, they get to bring a friend once a month. So we call it a monthly buddy pass. So they get to bring someone in once a month uh, to then do a gym workout with them, or they can come and join a group training session. And then when usually what happens is when they do that, they then want to join up themselves. So that was probably another really good thing that's been working. So Facebook ads and then referral campaigns and word of mouth were the three best ones. Yep. But those are the best things that we can do to um, really grow. Of course, word of mouth is always going to be something that we continue to have. Um, many business owners in this industry rely only on word of mouth. And the reason why we can't rely only on word of mouth is because it's just really not predictable. So props mm -hmm. to you for using something that is more predictable, such as Facebook um, as your main method, and then supplementing that with your referrals, with your word of mouth. That's such a smart business decision. Um, next question that I have for you here, and I like to discuss this on the podcast, because again, it serves as a good talking point, and it's great for people um, to kind of learn from and relate to you, Amanda. Um, what would you consider to be your biggest business-related bottleneck, and what are you doing to work on overcoming that? I'd say at the moment it's it's a financial issue and staffing. So I don't have enough of the finances to be able to afford staff, which means then that I'm having to do everything myself. And apart from getting overwhelmed and burnt out, it's I'm I'm doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that, so a little bit of marketing, a little bit of social media, and I'm not uh, I'm not organized enough yet to be able to focus on one thing all at once. And that's the biggest problem I've got at the moment is that I've reached that bottleneck where I'm like, I'm trying to do a hundred different things and wear a hundred different hats for the, for the jobs I need to do. Um, and that's, I think that's the problem is that if I had staff that I could delegate some of the stuff to, then I wouldn't quite be at this bottleneck. Yeah. This is kind of a two-parter, right? Um, mm. One challenge that leads to another. So um, the main challenge here is like, you can't hire staff right now because you just feel like you're not in a position to do that financially. And that's the case yeah. for a lot of us, right? Hiring staff is expensive. Um, but if we want to grow our business, like at some point it is necessary um, because you, there's only like 12 to 15 hours in a day that we're awake. Um, so it's very, very difficult to kind of, um, find time to work on the business if you're so in the yeah. business. So you're, you're caught up, um, coaching all the classes and, and all of that good stuff. So, um, let me ask you kind of the first question that came to mind here is what are some of the things that you're doing to work on increasing that revenue and bringing more money in so that you can make that a reality of hiring a couple of staff members to help you out? So one of the things I've done is I, I'm also a sports massage therapist. So I've started doing some sports massage and the the money that I charge for the sports massage. So for example, an hour sports massage is 50 pounds. So if I'm in the massage room doing an hour's massage and I'm earning 50 pounds from that, that means I can take 15 pounds out and pay one of my instructors to do my sessions. Uh, and it gives me a bit of extra extra money then on top, which I can then pay instructors to do other sessions as well so bringing the sports massage in and, and just looking at what's gonna what's gonna earn me the most amount of money for my time and then try and delegate that money to to paying the instructors to do the sessions which will then free up my time on the gym floor to then get more members in so okay. it i think that was that's the biggest thing at the moment is that and then 
just setting out the referral campaigns and trying to get the members to get people in for me, you know, by rewarding them with incentives and stuff. Um, so then I don't need to spend as much on Facebook ads because the members are all doing my advertising word of mouth for me. Um, and then once I've got all of that money in, then I can pay some staff. Hopefully such is the plan is I earn enough to pay staff. Yeah. And, and, and having staff will be so such a relief for you. Um, you know, once you have staff, what do you feel like that allows you to kind of focus on, um, a little bit more? So if I've got the staff to take the sessions for me or to help with some of the admin stuff, then I can really nail the service that I'm giving because I feel like at the moment, because I'm so rushed with everything, because I'm a, a single mum of two small kids as well. So, yeah, I'm trying to spread myself very thin and, and do everything, but you can't do everything at once. It's impossible. So I think if I had the instructors to to do the sessions and I had staff to do some of the admin stuff that, you know, and the the gym stuff that takes up time, then I could then focus more on bringing more people in, getting more clients in and making sure that they're getting the good service that they deserve, which will then increase the revenue because they'll all be talking about how great it is and, and they'll their friends will want to join. So it's really I want to go down that service side and make sure that everything is running very, very smoothly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, allowing like when you have the staff, it's going to allow you the possibility to really scale the business, because right now it's kind of like you're so caught up in the day to day. Um, you're doing everything. You're wearing every single hat in that business and you go home and you play the mom hat too. And that's the most important yeah. one of them all. Um, and so you're just so busy that there's no time for you to focus on what comes next for the business. I mean, um, we've all been there. It's not a great feeling. It's exhausting. Yeah. Um, we love what we do, but it is tiring. Um, and so I can definitely relate to you there. And I think, you know, just continuing to add services to the gym, bring in that revenue, work on getting more people into those higher ticket package kind yeah. of deals. Um, all of that is going to help substantially. Um, but Amanda, I to supplement kind of that challenge question, I always like to ask, you know, what if you had a magic wand, um, all your goals and all your dreams for Rebellion Fitness had come true, what would that picture look like for you? I want to kind of like dream big here for a minute. Yeah. I mean, if I was dreaming really big, um, if I was like, money's no objects and, you know, <laughs> even magic wand, I, I would hope to have gyms all over the place not like like over here we've got pure gym and all of these big commercial gyms not like those where they're quite sterile and you go in I, I'm not sure what the American equivalent is um of of the pure gyms but I I say we're the gym for people who hate the gym we're the gym where people rock up in any clothes because they're not there to look pretty um and it's a very um relaxed atmosphere it's very calm the atmosphere so it's not it's not like lots of tension and ego lifting and I would want to put one of those in every town and in, in the UK I'd want them around the world I'd want one in Australia just so I can go to Australia and have one in America so I've got an excuse to come to America um yeah I, I would have loads of them everywhere and I, I would really love to change this perception of gyms but being scary places so sorry I'm one second I'm just going to shut this door I can hear an alarm going off. 
It sounds really, really awesome and a fun place for people to really go and get after health and wellness, a comfortable space. And it would be very um, welcome in the industry for sure. Um, so instead of, you know, that being a, a dream, how do you make that reality? What does your focus need to be over the next few years to start kind of popping out a few more locations? I think the biggest thing is I need to, I need to know instead of at the moment, I feel like I'm juggling many plates all at once. And I'm like, kind of, um, I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm heading, but I don't quite see the path to get there. I need to be very specific and clear on my path and go, this is how I'm going to get there. And this is what I'm going to deliver to get the the one rebellion I've got working really really well um, and then once I've got that service nailed and I know exactly what we're delivering exactly how we're delivering it and who we're delivering it to then I can start looking at, at building a second one and a third one but I've got to get that nailed first and when there's just me it's not a very productive staff meeting if I'm just in a room talking to myself so I need to have other people to bounce ideas off and to help me grow yeah, I think that that's a, a really important point. And also just like kind of looking at how the systems that you have internally and seeing if there are better ways to kind of automate some of the stuff that you have yeah. going on so that it takes off a little bit of that hat. You know, it's not like you're wearing a top hat anymore, but it's more like a baseball hat, like a little, yeah. <laughs> a little bit less responsibility. Um, and so I'm super excited for you. I think like you have so much passion um, behind your words like just hearing you talk about it you're gonna make it happen I know I know that you are and so Amanda um what is something that you wish somebody told you when you first got started in the fitness industry when you first opened rebellion um what's something that you wish somebody had shared with you Oh, it's all about the imposter syndrome. I think I, I don't know one PT that hasn't suffered imposter syndrome. And I wish somebody had told me way back then that there isn't, a, but again, it was different. I was, I've been doing this for, for 12 years and it was different 12 years ago, but I wish someone had said back then, it doesn't matter what you look like. You don't have to be ripped. You don't, don't doubt yourself just because you're not a bodybuilder or you have like this perfect image because we spend so long thinking that oh I'm not good enough or okay so this is the answer to the client's question but what if I'm wrong and well if, that PT looked at me weird and maybe I did answer it wrong we spend so long doubting ourselves and trying to become a PT that we think society expects us to be when we're not ourselves and I think the biggest thing I've learned from having rebellion and from changing it into that 24-hour gym I can be my extremely weird and peculiar self and that seems to attract weird and peculiar gym members and clients who all love it and then they bring their weird and peculiar friends along and we've grown this tribe and if somebody had said to me be weird be yourself like 12 years ago just don't worry about like what other people think of you focus on your goals and just believe and be confident in yourself it would have been a different story and I probably would we would be having this conversation maybe 10 years ago yeah that's a really really good point I always tell my coaches at my gym like weird selves so be yeah. yourself because people don't want to see that perfect image they want to see the flawed version of yourself who you actually yeah. are uh, they want to be able to like walk in and connect with you and if you're you know um faking it there's going to be no genuine connection there yeah 
Um, that's a really people by people and that's the thing if if it doesn't matter if you're the the most expensive one in the room if people like you and they feel comfortable with you they're they're going to spend with you because of how you make them feel and you know people don't really remember the cost of stuff they don't remember the procedures but they remember remember how they feel around people and it's it's getting that across and saying to the pts just be yourself let your character out because people will buy people and and they the right people will love you for being a weird and slightly odd pt and and they will it will resonate with them yeah i think um that's a very very uh good point and a kind of good way for us to go and end this show on such a positive note i love that little word of advice there that you shared because it is a big part of you know what we do and people want to feel like they have these genuine connections in this industry. And that's what makes your facility like the perfect place for people to go and feel comfortable. So um, with that being said, Amanda, what's the Instagram, what's the Facebook, where can our listeners go if they're interested in learning more about what you have to offer? So the Instagram is rebellion and I may have got this wrong, but it's rebellion underscore fitness underscore MK. That's M for, for Milton Keynes. Uh, and then my Facebook, I think it's just Rebellion Fitness. There are a few Rebellion Fitnesses scattered around the world, um, but ours is the one with the red moon and the the black wolf because um, we're all we're all a bit like wolves we're all sort of <laughs> our own little lone wolf but then we come into a little pack and you know it's yeah <laughs> it's, so it's, it's a strange place my gym it's a very strange place so. I love it though I love it um Amanda thanks so much for being here today I had a lot of fun I hope that you did and listeners we hope you learned something today thank you for tuning in don't forget, if you want to stay notified, hit like and subscribe. And until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Jeffrey Shaletti with Shaletti's Boxing and Fitness out of Houston, Texas. Jeffrey, what is going on, man? How you doing? Happy Tuesday. Oh, man. Thank, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate that. Um, staying busy with the gym. Stop close up this morning and on with you guys now. There we go. There we go. We appreciate you being here. We're excited to have you on. And, you know, we're about ready to dive into the nitty gritty here of what you have going on with Shaletti's Boxing and Fitness. But first, let's take a step back and give the viewers a little perspective, right? So if you can, Jeffrey, in your own words, how would you describe Shaletti's Boxing and Fitness and what you guys do? Um, pretty much uh, I'm a boxing gym for all levels. Uh, the main point that I try to get across, you know, is just at the end of the day, yeah, I'm teaching different sport, but at the end of the day, it's just a different workout. So teaching the basics for ages seven and up, uh, kids, adult classes. So at the end of the day, it's just different workouts. Some people, you know, they may get tired just like going to the like a regular gym and hitting the weights, treadmill, stuff like that. At the end of the day, it's just a different workout.
So learn how to bag, do, do a lot of cardio, core. But then also, too, I'm a competition gym as well. So definitely for the individuals that stick with it, uh, I definitely am an amateur competition gym. And I also have, like, some pro fighters as well. So, so definitely all levels, beginners, advanced, kids, adults, women, men, veterans, you know, all that good stuff. So at the end of the day, it's still a gym, so you can still work out, do your thing. But also, too, you know, it's definitely evolved. Uh, evolved around the concept of you know boxing and stuff like that so but uh but yeah i love it i love it that's awesome jeffrey and so i'll start with the basics here and ask you you know how many members are you serving currently currently um i'm around like 275 to 300 um you know every month you know it gives and take uh, now we're slowly exiting the summer months and heading to the winter. And just like uh, most gyms, definitely start to see like a little little downfall because, you know, it's getting a little colder, holidays, stuff like that. But I flirt within that range, 275, 300 right now. So Yeah, yeah. And so I know every gym is definitely different. So you being boxing specific here, I mean, what's been the best method of getting new people through the door? Um, the best method is just being consistent. You know, if I say that I'm going to be open at a certain time, I'll open at a certain time. If I have, uh, for example, you know, a lot of my members take my classes that come with the membership, you know, I always got to make sure that those classes are going to be at those certain times. There's always going to be a coach available. There's always going to be uh, availability there at time. If I don't stay consistent with like, uh, with that, as in like canceling classes or if they show up and a coach is not available, I'm, you know, you'll lose members that way. So definitely being consistent, always having my classes, always being available in that sense and always trying to be at the gym and available for questions and stuff like that. So that's always been the number one thing. Not necessarily, I haven't been big in the advertising or paying for advertising I guess you could say just like you know just like your basic stuff like social media or just like a little post here and there but as in the gym wise you know if I my hours say I'm open you know on Google at this certain time I better be open at that certain time you know what I mean so kind of like the little stuff like that I've learned like just over time yeah yeah and so I mean are you using any specific methods like either word of mouth social media both uh, even let's say events to get people through the door or do you typically focus on, on one? Um, no, definitely. I guess like for me, like social media is definitely really big, especially with boxing, you know, that's what kind of catches people coming through the door as, and they see like my pictures of definitely in reference to like my fighters that compete. They'll see like them competing or post like a little video of them hitting a the bag and they'll see like, their progression and like how good they are and that definitely draws people in like man I want to be like that you know I want to be like him so definitely kind of posting like that type of traffic on my social media definitely is always going to be a win always going to be a, a go-to um but then also too you know word of mouth as in you know you know um, the best customer is a happy customer so if I treat one right they spread the word then another one comes in another one comes in so is being consistent in how I treat everybody and how my coaches treat everybody. And, um, but, uh, but yeah. No, that's great. That's great. And I think, uh, I think that's another good question to follow up here with as well, which is, I mean, 
how much higher can you go? You know, you're at that 275 mark. I think you said 250. You know, how much higher can you? How many more can you handle? Um, honestly, you know, that's definitely something I've been working on the past couple months. Um, to help to add more classes to help out with traffic, I definitely get a, a good amount of traffic that comes from, you know, just like probably like any gym from like that 4.30 to 8.30 time frame. You know, that's majority of people that's off of work. And also too, uh, that's when my classes are, just adding like more classes in the morning. Um, but doing it but for like my location, um, I can't hold too much more to be honest with you. But now I'm starting to explore into the options of uh, a new location. And ideally, I want to build up a brand new location from the ground up within the next, you know, 24 to 30 months, ideally. So now I'm definitely reaching to that point with the gym, which is obviously good problems to have. Um, but I'm definitely now legit uh, exploring the options of looking at different uh, properties and different um, buildings for the next spot. And that's definitely starting to become a more realistic goal now. Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations. Congratulations. And uh, not sure if you're a one-man team here, and you can clarify if you are or not, but I know from just prior experience, getting anywhere over 50, maybe even 100 clients is a lot. So having 200, 200 plus, how are you able to manage manage, manage the track and the metrics of how long someone's been with you, if they're looking to cancel, um, you know, program length. How do you, you how do you manage that? Um. <laughs> well, fortunately, like you know, don't wrong. I still have a good amount of members that just use the gym. You know, they just use the gym as they wish. So they just walk in, check in, and sometimes we may not even say a word because you know they just want to use the facility for what it is. Um, but then definitely, I have you know the the members that are taking it just for their classes. So it's, um, I don't know, it's definitely, uh, I'm still learning how to manage it. I haven't, you know, got it down yet. Um, but no, I do have help. I have another coach that uh, runs my adult classes. And then I have another coach that helps me out with my fighters. But luckily for boxing, um, well, not luckily, but, you know, for boxing is definitely, don't wrong, you need a, like a coach and a team to help you out. But at the end of the day, it's an individual sport you know, you're going to get out what you put in. So there's going to be some days, like, we're not going to work with each other because, like, hey, man, you got to cut the weight. Or, like, you know, you got to want to hit the bag. You know what I mean? I, I can't hit the bag for you. So it's in a way, uh, it kind of bounces itself out because there's some days, like, you know what I mean, I can't – you can't expect me, you know, to work you. You know, you got to come in put the work in yourself. So uh, it bounces out, but at the same time, I'm still learning how to manage uh, the traffic and the number of people and – um, you know, class times and how to manage my time. You know, like I got to give uh, a little bit of time to everybody in a sense, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that that's such a big point. I think uh, I appreciate you, you sharing the honesty and transparency, number one. But I appreciate you, you actually understanding that you are that focal point. Like you have to wear all the hats. You have to do what you have to do, right? Until you can get to the point where you have that team delegating that so I think that's great I think that's definitely a great perspective for the viewers here and uh, I want to throw a little bit of a longer-winded question here Jeffrey but a good question in itself and if you need me to repeat anything by all means let me know but um, 
you know, what we've been discussing this entire podcast and what we use most prominently in the fitness and gym world are three pillars of business, okay? One being your lead generation, right? Which is just getting people through the door. Then you have your acquisition, which is your sales, right? So getting somebody from an interested client to a paying client. And then we have our retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So Jeffrey, of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Uh, say the first two again. Say the first two again. Uh, lead generation, which is just marketing. And then acquisition, which is your sales. And which one can I improve the most? Improve, yes. Um, probably advertising um, to, uh, I guess, like bring, bringing people to the gym, getting them through the door. Um, but then I say that, and then, uh, then, the, then I, then I backtrack on myself too. So it's just kind of like, it's kind of like if I do put like the money out in the advertising and actually put like, you know, a lot of money, if it's like, say like it works and I get like a hundred new clients tomorrow, will I be able to fit those hundred new clients tomorrow? Like I'll be swamped. So it's kind of like, I just definitely like the natural growth that I've been going through, like the organic growth as in just like slowly but surely building my way up. Cause you know, I started off with zero and then I was at, you know, 40 now I was at 50. So, um, I would say advertising cause I'm the one that does it just like, you know, constantly like the posts and stuff like that on social media and, and updating on Google and Yelp and all that good stuff. Um, but I know I'm not the most consistent on it, but it's still available and up there. Uh, and yeah, it's updated. Um, yeah, man, like, I don't know. We still keep on diving yeah. a little more. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't want to come there that you had more to say. So, but no, I mean, like, again, that this is the reason why, why we have this, this show here, right? I think when you can put success to the side, right? Because a lot of people will see 270, 250 clients and be like, whoa, like there's more to do, but yeah, there is. And I think that's a big, I think that's a big perspective shift that the viewers need to understand that, hey, you can still improve on your marketing. You can still improve on your acquisition. You know, no matter how many clients you do have, it's like how much higher can you go? You're in the business of helping people, right? You want to help everybody. So it's like, we're going to only get bigger and help more people. Um, and what I will say here too, Jeffrey, I mean, look, you're a fitness professional not a marketing professional so it's okay that you're still trying to improve on it or having them out right you know so um gonna ask two more questions here uh my two favorite questions you know jeffrey i know you kind of alluded to it earlier but if you can give me like a 30 second spiel here like what's the bigger picture for you long term what are you trying to accomplish in like the next five ten years um in relation to the gym, ideally, I like to have two locations, a uh, new location where I'm at now. So say within the area that I'm at now, probably within no more than, you know, five miles. So a brand new location, of the location I have now. And then um, a second location, I like to hit up a downtown Houston, downtown slash midtown Houston. So for the gym wise, uh, that then eventually use this platform to dive into you know, other ventures. I want to get more into investing, um, more into uh, you know, stocks, real estate. You know, I want to get to the point where um, you know, I'm invested in businesses, but I never walk through the door. You know, the one thing is like, I only want to walk through the door of a boxing gym. 
I want to make money in other ventures where I don't need to walk through the door and put the legwork in behind. So I'm trying to keep on building this and use this, um, you know, revenue and capital to, you know, capitalize on other ventures. So within, you know, five to 10 years, definitely a, a full crew working. Um, it's kind of like one of those things, like if, uh, if I don't open the gym, the gym's not open. So I want to get to the point where there's like a good a tree of like five to six people that I have to go through before I open the gym. So if someone can't open the gym, then another person open the gym. So uh, get to that full staff and then, uh, yeah, start investing in other businesses, you know, real estate, you know, stocks, you know, all of that. But in relation to the boxing gym itself, um, ideally two locations, a new location of this one, and then uh, a downtown slash like midtown location uh, in Houston um, to capitalize on that uh, that audience down there. There we go. There we go. And I have this the one last question, which I'm really curious to see your answer here. You know, Jeffrey, if you could go back in time here to when you first started the gym and sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started. What would that advice be for you? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, patience, man. Um, especially in the beginning, you may have like 25 tasks for that day. You're going to try to knock them all out once. Literally just knock out one task, complete that task, and go on to the next task. Like for me, it could have been like, all right, today, you know, I need to fix the lights, the, the toilets in the restroom not working. Then I got to put up a bag up. You know, I need to clean, need a mop. Or then after that, I need to organize some memberships on the computer. If I think about all those at once, you know, I used to drive myself crazy. I was like, man, how am I going to do all this? Or just little stuff like that. Just knowing that, uh, you know, really, man, get, take one task and complete it before you think about something else. And just don't be in a rush. I mean, don't be in a rush. Like, you know, one of the phrases, I guess you hear with business, like, um, don't expect don't expect to make any money within your first three years of your business or um, whatever money you do make put it back into your business man you gotta stretch that out to like five years six years you know what i mean like even though you may want it to happen two or three years man think more realistically like five to six you know what i mean like because everything everything you get everything you get put it back in you know what i mean so um and there's gonna be some long days too, man. At the end of the day, you know, I fail all the time, which is okay. You know, no matter if it's just me coaching, just kind of what we talked about earlier, me uh, trying to stretch myself out. You know, there's some days I'm just not feeling as a coach because, you know, that's like the last part. You know, I mean, all the other stuff has to come in the way beforehand. You know, like the actual, the lights, the water, you know, open the gym, you know, budgeting, the bank, you know, the last thing I am in since is a coach. And the coach, you know, that's the most funnest part. There's sometimes I'm mentally out there. So the best thing I can tell myself or back then would be patience, man. Patience one thing at a time. And uh, you know, don't be don't beat yourself up too bad, man. Cause uh, this thing will take uh, take a hold of you and you'll definitely doubt yourself, which is okay. You know what I mean? But definitely stick with it if you have a dream though for sure. Jeffrey, there we go, man. That was a mic drop of an answer, man. I'll tell you that. Look, it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. 
But before we sign out, Jeffrey, if you can, man, if you have any social media, website, shout out, where can people find out more about you and the gym? Uh, you can find us on Instagram. It's at uh, Shaletti's Boxing and Fitness. You know, S-C-H-L-I-T-T-E-S, Boxing and Fitness. And also on Facebook as well. Uh, there's a YouTube page, so they're all the same. Shaletti's Boxing and Fitness. You know, I got some couple kids that I rank uh, nationally. We have a pro fighter. We'll fight on the fight in New York City on October 15th on a Deontay Wilder card. So definitely have a lot of news and updates when it comes to kids that compete, amateur and professional. But also, you know, posting, uh, always posting content, you know, on TikTok, uh, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Yeah, but uh, Shaletti's Boxing and Fitness. You can find us and follow and follow and uh, stay tuned for more. Jeffrey, there we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, Jeff, I just want to let you know how you can get the podcast. I'd appreciate it. I'm just going to go ahead and sign everybody else out of here, okay? All right. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come and join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, we have Marcus Muchek of Dirty Gym coming to you from Dayton, Ohio. Marcus, what's going on, man? How are you today? Pretty good, man. It's starting to get chilly here. Deer season opened up this past weekend. So hopefully yeah. we can uh, get up into some trees, yeah. shoot the bow a little bit and get some meat. Yeah, certainly that part of the country. And, and this is approaching chilly season. So you're spot on there. Marcus, obviously, we're here to talk dirty gym and pick your brain as an entrepreneur and see what kind of value we can extract there. Before we do that, I, I'm a big believer in context and giving people an idea of what we're here to talk about anyway. So Dirty Gym, I think the name probably gets people's attention first and foremost, but tell us a little bit about this. What is Dirty Gym and, and how did we even get to here where we're having this conversation today? Sure. Uh, I don't know if like that name has been awesome for our brand or terrible <laughs> because like a lot, a lot of people just immediately are shut down by it or they're kind of like, Ooh, tell me more. 
Um, so I started the gym in 02 in West Virginia and got the name Dirty Gym because we rented out a garage and that's where we would go to do all of our strongman training, our weightlifting, powerlifting, chalk, dropping barbells, all that kind of stuff. So uh, we would just send a text to each other in the morning, me and my like crew of, of guys that I worked out with and say, where you guys want to work out today? You know, this gym, that gym. And we just started calling it their dirty gym because most of us were labor workers, coal miners, foundry workers. And we would just show up there after work. There were no bathrooms or anything. It's literally like an oil change garage. And I think the rent was like 200 bucks a month. And um, the place just got filthy from our work boots and work clothes and all that. And when I relocated to Dayton, Ohio in 07 or 08, we, uh, we didn't even plan on having a like commercial gym. It was just a group of us that competed and wanted a place to do our thing. It was like a buddy club with keys. Well, people kept showing up wanting to do that. And I was, I had trained at Westside Barbell for about 10 years. So we had a lot of like people that wanted to do the conjugate method of training or the West side method and all that. And they, they were kind of hitting a wall with their CrossFit gyms. They wanted like specific strength training as CrossFit grew bigger with uh, regionals and all that kind of stuff. They, that's when they started to kind of hire specialists. That's when the specialty coaches kind of got bigger. So we had more and more people showing up and we ended up filing for our LLC just so we could buy insurance and we still had no plans of having like commercial business and then you know all of a sudden 12 members turned into 50 and 50 into 100 and then we got business taxes and we've got sales tax and this and that and eventually we just decided to run with it and that's that's what's brought us to this point so we had some explosive growth And it was, man, was it rough. I wish this podcast had existed then because it's really hard to be a business owner while you're learning how to be a business owner. (laughs) Um, Welcome to the fitness industry. Oh, I know. It's wild. Yeah. And so that's about it. It really wasn't even an idea to be a business at the onset. It was just a passion, a hobby thing that kind of, accidentally turned into a business and, and we said screw yeah. it, let's go with it yeah yeah More so a decade later yeah so that's <laughs> that's the funny thing like we had to get really clever um during the shutdowns the pandemic covid all that kind of stuff right so now we're an accidental gym that's been profitable since day one and has carried zero dollars debt the entire time we've been marketable we've put over We've put on over 200 events. We've had national champions, world champions, world record holders in powerlifting, top 10 ranked people on the all-time list. We've had uh, 15 people qualify for a national level in strongman. We sent a guy to China for, well, I, I should, Taiwan, but China, depending on who you ask, for the world games in Olympic weightlifting. We've had four national champions for Olympic weightlifting. We donate money, time, and materials for the Arnold Classic every year to help run the uh, Arnold Highland Games event. We're like, we're deeply embedded in this whole world, right? So me and the other owner the other day are just laughing because he's an engineer by day. He's got like a real white collar pro, I need a security clearance type of job. 
and we were just laughing and we were like, you know, what could we do with this gym if we like try? <laughs> so, so, so that's where we're focused for a little while. Yeah. I mean, not to sound like a, a dick, it's just, you know, a lot of times if you're just logical and you look at dollars in dollars out and you have even the roughest plan that you adhere to, you'll be fine. You might not be what some people say is successful, but you'll be fine. So now we're looking at it and it's like, well, shit, do we want to do multiple locations? Do we want to have our own training and education program? Like, because we've produced so many like high level lifters, it takes about five to six years to make like a truly high level lifter. But we have so many of them now we're like, well, shit, is that like our coaching staff? Like, do we want to create an education program to create more coaches with our methods? Yeah. Entrepreneurship is, is fun because you can do whatever you feel like doing. And I talk to a lot of people on this platform and believe me, there are those who are just dollars and cents focused. I only see my clients as a customer, a credit card number and nothing else. Yeah. And there are people on the other side of the spectrum who are just, everything is sunshine and rainbows. And if people pay, they pay. If they don't, they don't. In my experience, at least, the best examples are, are typically somewhere in the middle. Yeah, we absolutely. need yeah. influences from both sides. And I think fitness is unique sure. in that we want to have the, the personal, I don't even like to use this phrasing, but the, the touchy-feely kind of side. But we need to have the business influence as well. Yeah, it seems to be that you guys are kind of centering in on what that's going to look like for you here moving forward. And I think it's crazy because you've been doing this for 15 years or so or more. Mm -hmm. And now, <laughs> like now we're like, all right, it's kind of a business. Let's let's figure out what's possible. Yeah, that's the thing, too. Like we've been profitable. Like it's been my full time right. job the whole time. But, you know, I'm looking at it like I have a I have a hard time with the dollars and cents part of it. Like I'm extremely logical when I'm looking at numbers on a paper, right? But you know, what do you do when you have that person who's like, "Hey, I want to try to go to World's Strongest Man. I can't afford three hundred dollars a month." You know what I mean? Like that's kind of where I come into play. Like I like to make sponsorship agreements, you know, scholarship agreements for our sure. college lifters, that sure. kind of thing. Um, it, that's it's, typically the, it's the experience that we see in fitness is people come from a coaching background or come from, yeah a competitive background even and they know what it's like on the other side of that table right we don't want to completely isolate that person either right now it, with the business yeah. at, at least as it stands now the majority of this is sort of membership based right people paying a monthly fee coming and doing their thing working yeah. with with coaches if they choose to how have you marketed that business what have you put money into this has this been entirely organic thus far what's the marketing been all right so like i'm a huge believer in guerrilla marketing um it's just what i call it i'm sure people have other names for it so like with my business partner years ago he was interested in should we do some kind of marketing plan because we're right next to one of the biggest air force bases in the world uh 40 000 people work there every day but that like let's just talk real that's irrelevant because we're extremely niche. Not only that, but like it's one of the biggest Air Force's bases in the world. They have gyms, right? So like how am I going to convince somebody to pay me a car payment a month to come and learn how to lift weights 
when most people think like they can just figure it out themselves or they'll just go do whatever workout and, you know, get their sweat going. Right. So my niche market is people that want to improve for athletics. Right now, what I've seen over the years is that there's really no difference between the average Joe or Jane and the person that wants to improve in athletics. They need the exact same stuff. They just need it in different amounts. So like that has been huge. The internet and people being able to get eyes on things and have access to information has done more for me than any type of marketing. The second part is focusing on my niche, like doubling, tripling down and having to eat shit for a while. Excuse me. I don't know what your guys language is on this. Gym owners are typically not a fragile person. So having to eat shit for a while, improve my coaching ability It took about five years and then all of a sudden it was like exponential, the number of high level competitors that we had. And then that became our marketing. So I really didn't have to do any marketing because I had 30 people with their own individual Instagrams, Facebooks, YouTubes. My gym as well looks like a Coliseum. Everything is stone, glass, concrete pillars, no carpet, no mirrors, no music. We don't even play music. And if you think about it, like there's such a difference between the fitness gym and the competitive gym. I can't be playing music. How are you going to hear me when I'm coaching you? Not only that, but this is something when we get somebody new and they go, really no music. I'm like, does music influence your mood? When you hear a song you like, are you in a good mood? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, what about that song that comes on that reminds you of the girl that broke up with you? They're like, well, then I'm sad. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be spending an hour to three hours trying to prep you for this big contest. And your mood during the session is like this. (laughs) Like, let's stay mission focused. I think one thing that you mentioned there that's worth highlighting is the the demographic or the, the avatar that we're looking for in a client right we stayed true to who that is yeah it didn't result in the immediate financial gain but over time that compounded and now we have these raving fans willing to to put their name behind this so that we can further spread the word i think that's important and i think any kind of conversation that we have around marketing needs to stem from the fact that that sound marketing turns people away that don't belong just as much as it pulls people in who mm. do belong right yeah. for somebody to show up to your facility looking for the the quote unquote ten dollar a month experience it's a waste of everyone's time yeah if we can circumvent that ahead of time we're all going to be in a better spot right if we can pull in the person who is willing to invest a little bit more knowing that they have explicit goals and reasons for being at your facility the business is going to be better off the clientele is going to be better off you and your staff are going to be better off everybody wins do you know what i mean yeah i would say when it comes to like our brand if you will i had a guy he said something really smart to me he said the longer you go without trying to build your own brand or culture eventually people will just assign it to you And I was like, all right, that's cool, right? So we did have a rough patch to where we would meet people that are like, oh, yeah, I'd love to train at your gym, but I don't think I'm good enough. 
and that was that was like oh no oh we went too far in that direction yeah exactly and and that was because we didn't do any branding right you know so like we're a little bit different now like i've literally met people that were working out at a different gym i won't name that gym but uh i said well what are you doing you know they don't do that they don't do the thing you want to do and they say well i'm at this gym to get in shape so that then i can come to your gym and i remember thinking like yikes that's not good like for a multitude of reasons, it's not good for business, but then it's not also just as a coach, uh, it's not good because then you're going to pick up all these bad habits, like just start where you want to be kind of deal. Like, yeah. Huh. but yeah, okay. so like for our, our culture, good, our, good feedback for you as the owner to know. Yeah. Huge, forward, huge. We, we operate like, um, like, a. <laughs> like a motorcycle gang a little bit more than a fitness club. Like on the weekends, we have large groups of people from the gym that go out and shoot shotguns together. You know, like we have hunting parties, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's, it's definitely a little bit Midwest mixed with Appalachia, but it served us well. And I want to pick your brain a little bit on, on the sales process of this and how sure. someone goes about joining, because you just sure. brought up the idea of it functioning more, motorcycle gang band fitness center and i appreciate that uh that comparison somebody reaches out interested in joining the gym what's that process typically like who are they meeting with or, or what happens before them actually signing up okay so this is really important for anybody that has anything similar to to what i do or if you think you're similar to me by looking at me and listening to me talk and sit here with my you know tobacco in and all that kind of stuff <laughs> You're probably the worst person, if you're like me, to be the front man. You can be a character in the whole cast of characters that your little reality gym TV show has, and that's fine. But you're going to have to invest heavily in recruiting the appropriate cast of characters for your gym, your brand, your culture, what have you, your coaches. I communicate very, very directly. I wrestled for 20 years, and that's the type of sport. Any combat sport has immediate uh correction like if joseph if you and i are boxing and i keep dropping my hand you're gonna punch me in the face and that's my immediate feedback like oh i better keep my hand up so when i coach people i have great results with the ones that communicate like i do because it's like we have 48 months to make you into a competitive blank this is how it is there's no compromise i'm not the bad guy i'm not being hard on you the nature of the thing you want to do is hard to do. Let me help you expedite this process. Mm. I'm not the best person for somebody who walks in head to toe Lululemon and is like, yeah, I just want to get a good sweat in. All right. So I had to actually like look around and try to recruit extremely specific people. Now, sometimes you get lucky. And I got lucky with our general manager. She was a CrossFitter a Lululemon girl, all that kind of stuff. She's essentially like my gatekeeper. So she's worked for me for a very long time. And what she'll do is essentially like a personality thing. So she'll bring someone in for a tour. She'll ask them what they're looking to do. The training that we give people isn't much different from competitor to average Joe or Jane, from person who wants to squat a thousand to person who wants to squat without pain. 
they need the same stuff, different amounts, different delivery system. So she's the one that is like a filter system that says like, I'm going to place you in this program. I'm going to place you with this trainer. Maybe it's better if you start with personal training first. We look at personal training like tutoring. You need a little extra help to get you back up to where then you can jump into a class or team training. The goal isn't to keep you in personal training forever. I mean, financially, it would be great for us. But yeah. over, over time, I think you would see that most statistics prove personal training, given a long enough timeline, stagnate tremendously. So we actually have people that jump in and out of personal training. When you look at it, like we're more into skill development and it just so happens our skills are fitness related. That's when you can see someone do personal training for six months, then do like a gen pop thing and then say, well, hey, now I'm interested in learning how to do snatches and clean and jerks. Let's get back to the personal training, that kind of thing. What That's I see where the CrossFit world gets it tremendously wrong is because they historically have only used yeah. personal training as an onboarding. You do four sessions and then you're thrown in with the rest of the crowd. Yeah, but it's, it's such a skill-based thing that it could be the other end of the spectrum. The sure. really, really invested yeah. fitness goer who wants to learn. Well, I'm a huge believer in looking at things that are already have systems, right? If you want to learn how to play guitar, that doesn't mean you know how to play bass guitar. And that doesn't mean you know how to play upright bass. Like if you wanted to play bluegrass or something, right? So yeah, building skills in one of them will help you transition to the next, but you may need somebody to step in there and help you out for a little bit. And I got to be honest with you. I do believe that it's a good model and it has been a good model for us, but it's a nightmare to try to explain to anybody who's been in the fitness world, even just as a consumer, because they're like, no, no, no. I just do personal training. And it's like, listen, guy. The goal is to get you out of personal training. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then the, the, the fun part of entrepreneurship, if you do choose to, to break that traditional mold is that you get the, the burden of education a little bit more oh. than others. Oh yeah. It's that, yeah. that's, that's a rough thing to tell people like, cause I mean, like it is what it is. You got some people that they just, they just want it. And that was hard for me to digest as somebody who was a competitive athlete and then a coach, not necessarily business. When somebody says to you, I want to do personal training and you're telling them like this other thing is a way better deal for you. And they're like, but I want to do personal training. You're like, why? But hey. it's, yeah, yeah. I mean like, yeah. 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 And then on the flip side, you got people that, they want to do the team training, but you're trying to tell them like you need one-on-one -on -one, and they're like, no, no, no. They don't want, they almost look at it, at it as a regression. Yeah. You know, they're like, and no, that's because I, of the rest of the industry though. Yeah. They're like, I want to do the fun, cool stuff right now. Don't we all, but then that, that, that hurdle gets taken care of throughout your sales process, right? You're the, the, face of the competitive side of things we have this gm who can speak a little bit more to the gen pop people coming to the facility and we've got this sort of one-two punch as you look forward with this what's the what's the future of of dirty gym kind of spell out or, or paint me a word picture of where you see this going longer term 
Sure. Yeah. To do that, I will break that into three pieces for you. The first piece is recovery from the pandemic. Yeah. That was not alone there. That was absolutely brutal. That forced us to really assess and evaluate the way we were doing things. Like where were we bleeding money into things that either wouldn't produce or would take too long to produce. So we had to hack away a bunch of that. Uh, that was big. Then it was the question of like, okay, well now we owe money. We've never owed money, but now we need to pay back these loans, but we're still not allowed to operate. What do we do? So that, that forced our hand into our online programs that we didn't even want to try to launch until 2025. So now I'm going to call it survival time. We've come out of survival time. We're back in the black. All of our loans are paid off. But here's the good things. We learned that by implementing certain systems, certain software, certain face-to-face systems as well throughout our staff, we were able to cut our staff from 18 to 4 and still produce now more revenue than what we did with the 18. So that forced us to re-examine it our hiring process and what we actually need employees like bricks and mortar employees to do what we could use contractors to do or what we could use. I'm just going to call it third party. They're still kind of contractors, but quick example is like Fiverr, you know, if we need, yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. So logo quick, whatever. Yeah. Or uh, somebody to cut together reels, uh, shorts, all that kind of stuff, all that stuff we were doing in house because we had an ego problem. We were like, no, no, no. We want everything to be our thing. And it was a bad way of thinking because instead of focusing on that plays into an attention problem real quickly after that time freedom problem. Yeah. Yeah. So all of a sudden we were able to recover very quickly and pay off loans that literally bankrupted 50% of small gyms in America within 12 months by just sitting down and saying what makes sense to do and abandoning these ego issues that we had about how like, well, we want to make all our own stuff. We want to do all our own things. It's going to be us, 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 and just us. It was the wrong line of thinking because then it took too much time away from the whole reason we started this, which was coaching. Mm. Yeah. What are we good at? And what are yeah, we not yeah. so good at? Like, yeah, like how, why do people, do people think like, oh, Dirty Gym? Yeah, they make sick logos. No, <laughs> like, no. So that was the big thing. So that was the survival time mentality. We had to find a way to do shit. And then the second thing was we had to evaluate like, and we're still doing this. Actually, we have our next phase one December. How do we get people to come back to the gym? How do we get them to get back into small group training or team training? That, holy shit, that has required no amount of marketing that we tried, whether it was like Instagram, whatever has done it. What it actually took was us physically walking up to people in the gym and being like, why don't you try this? Like, what a wild idea. Yeah, I know, I know by today's standards. But what we saw was pre pandemic, we would have groups of four to five people functioning as like a small unit going through their workout while we would have multiple coaches patrolling the floor making corrections. 
So like we would divide these people based on ability and goals. So it's not like you'd be in a group with a bunch of people that squat 2000 pounds, you know, like ability and goals. Sure. And um, from there, post pandemic, what we see is a lot of headsets, one person on one piece of equipment for an hour, hour and a half. They don't talk to anybody. They don't train with anybody. And um, you can almost just like guess their age by how they train. Because the older people who have been working out for a long time, they would walk up to you while you were, say, on a bench press or a rack and say, hey, can I work in with you? And you'd say, sure. And then you chit chat and this and that. But the younger crowd don't do that. So we had to start kind of chopping that up. And one bridge between the survival aspect and this like post pandemic aspect has been open gym. We never offered open gym. You joined our gym, you trained with us, and you did our program. Open Gym managed to save our business just by saying, hey, it's $69 a month if you want to come in and do your own thing and you get a key fob. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because the the pandemic is a useful dividing line between like how it was and how it is now but I think what your point being if I'm understanding correctly people come to us looking for help right we can Mm -hmm. tell them hey this is what's best for you and chances are that they're going to listen right if we find ourselves as a business if we're to zoom out on this in a situation that we don't really want to be it's probably something that we did somewhere along the line. Like let's course correct. Let's steer people back to what we know is in their best interest, right? What is going to be helpful and valuable to them longer term, even if it's short-term uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so beyond that, Marcus, we, we get people back training in groups. We've got the open gym component now. Where do we go from there? That's a good question. So that brings me to the third part. I said I'd tell you three parts. Post-pandemic, what gym owners who survive should realize is if your goal is to make money like a professional, like professional level money for managing a business, managing and allocating your resources, hiring, managing schedule, that kind of thing, I will tell you right now, at least in the Midwest, the chances of you making a living wage without some type of very niche, high skill experience is nearly 0%. What you're going to need to do, and I make a very good living. I live very comfortably. I don't have a schedule. I could get up when I want to get up. I could take four days off to go hunting. That's not everybody. But what you're going to need to do is own multiple locations. That's it. Because if you want to pay people a good wage so that they will stay with you, and the longer you can retain somebody, the better they're going to work for you regardless. You get to know each other. Employees. Yeah. 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 But you're going to have to own multiple locations. That as the owner, if I also wasn't like we joke and say, yes, I'm an owner, but I'm one of the owners that works at the gym, that kind of thing. If you just want to own a gym, 
you can't own just one. You just can't because you're only going to get paid for all you new gym owners who are like chasing your passions. I would caution you against chasing your passions. <laughs> like you have to, the passion thing is like, you got to eat shit for a pretty good amount of time. Like even if your passion is to be a physician, like a medical doctor, I mean, you're going to eat shit for 10 to 12 years. Like that's the way it is. You want to be a lawyer and make partner. You're going to eat shit for over 10 years. Yep. And this the is back of the napkin math of I need 200 members at 200 bucks a head. There and it is. All the money I ever wanted. It doesn't work out. It never no, works out. no, no, it no, never no, out that way. especially when the average piece of equipment that you need costs $4,000. And if you do have 200 members, you need more than one of those pieces of equipment, you know? So like all of a sudden it's like, Hey, let's get some treadmills. Let's get those treadmills that are, you know, self-operated true form or whatever they're called, like whatever. Right. Cool. They're pop. Yeah, there it is, brother. <laughs> How many do we need? Well, we got 200 members, so let's get 10 of them. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah. Or even a barbell, the specialized barbells that I need cost $1,200. Yeah doesn't always work out and so is multiple locations in the cards for you is that what you are exploring now yeah that is that's exactly what i'm exploring and um exploring that it's like okay well how do we make sure that they're not too close to each other how do we manage yeah. them yeah. who work who works at them what services do they provide are they just key fob only what are they like are the only people that work at them a cleaning crew I don't know. Yeah, I think it's it's sad to say, but our industry has historically pulled the trigger on signing leases before answering all of those things. And I think that's mm -hmm. when a lot of locations that go multi-location crash and burn because yeah. they're so reliant on the owner to be the face and the operator of the business that as soon as we open up number two and suddenly our attention is split between two, yeah. both of these are now subpar products and yeah. nobody likes it anymore. So I, I appreciate the fact that these are things on your mind beforehand. Yeah. I mean, I think I, as an industry, we've been really bad about doing that. Sure. And for anybody who's thinking like, okay, cool. Like Marcus and Joseph are talking about multiple locations and then you run and you start looking at how to do that. Like, just understand that like, you're extremely flexible in what you can do. You just have to ask yourself, what do I want out of it? Let's say I open location number two and I'll use Midwest math. Let's say location number two in the first 24 months is yielding gross 100K per year. So 200K. Did you have an investor for that second location? Is that second location... Let's say Joseph says, Marcus, I'll do this. Let me buy into the dirty gym. How much of the liability do I put on Joseph? Do I say, okay, Joseph, you sign for the lease, you buy the equipment, I will license you all my intellectual property and then make Joseph sign a contract for 48 to 60 months saying that's the minimum amount of time he's got to license my stuff. Now he gets the name, the marketing material, all the programs that we've written, the coaching materials, this and that. Or do I say, Joseph, give me 20 grand, that 20 grand, your equity for the next one, you own 20% of the next one, but I get to control everything. So if it makes a hundred grand a year gross and whatever net out of the net, Joseph gets 20% of that. And then 
the Dirty Work LLC takes the rest. I don't know. Could it be different for location two and then different again for location three? I don't know. <laughs> you know like, yeah. So questions yeah, that'll be answered, bridges that we'll cross when we get there, and and it's a conversation that we could take for hours and hours and hours, if not more. But we'll have to yeah. start wrapping up our conversation. Sure. And and save that for another day. Before we move on, just to sure. put to sew that up. Sure. What I want people to understand is that you probably opened a gym because you love it. It's your passion. It helped you. It made you feel good. Now you want to do that for other people. But the longer that you own that gym, now you're going to become more like me to where working at the gym isn't training people anymore. It's figuring out this kind of stuff. Yeah. You might have a three to six month period where you feel like you've made zero progress because you haven't worked out with anybody. You haven't trained anybody. You haven't ha helped someone lose 100 pounds or whatever. You're just slamming your head against the desk saying, how do I figure out how to license music? How do I figure out? Yeah, yeah. How do Running I a Facebook ad? Yeah. Right? How do I figure out? But that's the pill you got to swallow. Yeah. And that's the last thing I'll say about that. That's not for everybody, too. It's not for everybody. It's, it's fine. not, it's right, not it's for fine. me. It's not for me. The minute I can figure out someone to hire to do it, I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I, I, I wholeheartedly appreciate the understanding there because the skill set to be a great coach and the skill set to be a great business owner are nowhere close. No. They're vastly, vastly. No, they're diametrically so, opposed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I would say if you are somebody who has taken the time, whether you're, I just want to work out or I want to be the strongest person that ever lived, you've invested a lot of time into paying people to teach you how to do that. If you become a gym owner, you need to take time and pay people to teach you how to do that. Yep. That is something I started way too late in this accidental gym career. Like set aside money and instead of buying the new leg press for $4,000, hire somebody to teach you how to do this shit. Couldn't have said it better myself. Like I said, Marcus, it's time to, to cut this short. Before we sign out of here, why don't you tell people where they could learn a little bit more about Dirty Gym? Is there a website? Is there social media? Where can we follow people? Yeah. Yeah, we got our website, dirtygym.com. We have a YouTube that uh, we have a lot of free workout resources on. We have an exercise index. So if you're just wondering how to do something, whether you get a program from us or from somebody else, if you're like, well, I don't know what a glute ham raise is. How do I do that? You can go to our YouTube and there's some great instructional videos for free. We have a few free workouts actually too on our um, website dirtygym.com where you can find workouts we publish for the community for free during covid lockdowns we have a free weightlifting program powerlifting program um, strength and conditioning for wrestling and jujitsu program we have an at-home workout program that you should be able to do with very minimal to no equipment those are all free for digital download and then if you want to listen to me and my group of misfits we have our podcast now you can just search yes. on google it's called castimus maximus it is the um, antithesis of fitness podcast. <laughs> yes. So it's more about like, let's just get to know people and like, how do you, like, what do you do outside of lifting weights? Because I got tired of listening to podcasts, every single one of them. Joseph, if you did five podcasts, they'd probably all be the same. So Joseph, 
how long you've been working out? What'd you do? How'd you get into it? And it, I, it's, I'm over it. I want to know what video games you play. I want to know like what level in apex legends you are. You play Skyrim. <laughs> What's up, bro. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Get a little deeper than just how much you branch, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like, great. Everybody benches 500 these days. Awesome. that's fantastic people listening connect with marcus on all of those platforms that he just mentioned i can't thank you enough man i i really appreciate your willingness to share here and contribute to the overall conversation i'm excited to see what the future holds and and i wish you nothing but the best moving forwards thank you i appreciate your time it was nice to meet you absolutely and to everyone who tuned in today thank you as well don't forget if you'd like to be notified about future episodes hit like and subscribe If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.